0: Hello, Vitality Explorers. Dr. Alan Mishra here with another edition of the Vitality Explorer podcast. I'm delighted you're listening. The purpose of the podcast, as always, is to optimize vitality one person at a time. So, this week we have several things we're going to be going over, including how to believe in your greatness. Go on a vision quest, and will young blood become the new Botox? We'd like to start off with a quote, and here's the quote for this week. Vision is seeing what is invisible to others. That's from Jonathan Swift, who wrote Gulliver's Travels. Quote, Vision is seeing what is invisible to others. Love that one. I hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. If you are, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get them. You can also find all the details of these posts on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Or you can sign up for a free text message letter on VitalityExplorers.com. Uh, Don't forget to to review last week's podcast or some of the other posts, including the Vitality Blueprint and Can We Run Away From Depression. That was from last week. Uh, Vitality Explorers now has over 350 scientific posts and podcasts about vitality, and they follow through on these three core concepts. Number one, vitality is a skill. Number two, vitality is a gift you give yourself by taking ownership over your decisions. And number three, bet on yourself, okay? And when you bet on yourself, the nanosecond you do that, your confidence soars. So that's what we're trying to do here with Vitality Explorers in this podcast. And the first one we're going to go over, the first section we're going to go over in today's podcast is spot on to betting on yourself. And, that, and this is a quote from Ronnie Lott, the former 49er and NFL Hall of Famer. Quote, believe in your greatness. Now, I've been very, very lucky to attend and speak at the Campbell Trophy Summit for five years now. And this is a gathering of elite college football players on the Stanford campus. Most of them are not gonna go on to the NFL and they are elite leaders on their team. They're academically excellent, and they're also leaders in their community. And there's some really amazing speakers. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about some lessons from Ronnie Lott and Steve Young, his teammate on the 49ers. So this is, this is pretty crazy, but I'm going to really kind of just start with you know, some of the dimes Ronnie Lott and Steve Young were dropping on us. And then we'll go into the details. The first one, which is the title of this section, Believe in Your Greatness. number one. Number two, get back to your greatness after a failure. That's kind of interesting, right? Number three, be good at two things is the definition of being great. Number four, frame up your dream with a plan. Number five, delete your successes to remain hungry. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, number six, have someone's back when you are in a position of leadership. So let's talk about that concept of Ronnie Lott's believing in your greatness. And again, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. He is an inspirational speaker and a very successful uh, business leader. Now, he was speaking in the gorgeous Traytel Auditorium, which is on the Stanford campus right near the Hoover Tower. And there's about 300 people in the room. And he has this concept of just kind of lowering his voice. And then he says, believe in your greatness. So he was admon- admonishing us. He was like trying to inspire us in the, in, the, in the audience to believe in our inner greatness. He spoke about how he cho- chose to be the best when he was at USC in college and also in the NFL. And one of the ways he did that is he said... I'm a rookie every day and that's where you know that was whether he was in his first year at usc or his fourth year at at usc or in his first year on on the 49ers or his tenth year on the 49ers but that means to do the hard work it takes to succeed every single time you get out on the field and that for the rest of us can be in our jobs can be in our, our responsibilities for our family our communities but think of yourself as a rookie every day Get out there, do the hard work. And he also, very importantly, talked about how important it is to rise up after a defeat and get back to your greatness. I'm trying to channel my inner Ronnie Lott, uh, but he kind of does that little quietness. Believe in your greatness, right? Steve Young, another Hall of Famer and former teammate of Ronnie Lott, was very successful, obviously, on the field. He was also an ESPN analyst for football, and is uh, a partner in a private equity firm after his football career. Um, he also runs a very successful charity called Forever Young, which is dedicated to children's uh, health and well-being. But I think Steve helped helped me in, in a different way. He defined greatness as being really, really good at at least two things, and here are a few examples he went over: seek to be athletic and accountable seek to be successful in business and pay it forward to those in need. Seek to be smart and kind. So think about that. Many of us may be good at one thing, but can be really, really good at two things or more. That's his definition of greatness. Both Steve and Ronnie talked about having, you know, a, a dream or believing in yourself or believing in your greatness, but also having a plan. And he had a really interesting concept about that. They call it like framing up your dream with a plan. And what I think that means is to reduce your, the steps towards your dream to a specific set of actions. And we, we learned about this in a recent post, which I call the Vitality Blueprint. And that gets back to those core concepts of, you know, Vitality Explorers in that a, vitality is a skill. Vitality is a gift you give yourself by taking ownership over your decisions, and vitality is when you bet on yourself. So you think about that in the context of this idea of a vitality blueprint, which is to work on your sleep, your closeness, your discipline, your time management, your pinpointing your purpose, uh, fitness, hope, and service. And Steve learned this idea Uh, and it's in a book that he wrote, but he also went over it when he was talking uh, recently at the Campbell Trophy Summit uh, from his father, who was very skeptical of his son's potential. Think about that, your dad didn't believe in you, right? His dad kept asking him, you know, what was his plan? Even after he had played five years in the NFL, and then that inspired that idea of like, okay, maybe the average time in the NFL career is as little as three years, maybe as most as five years, but what are you going to do after that? You're still going to be a pretty young man. So that inspired Steve. Dad's, Steve's dad inspired him to go to law school while he was still playing football. And that's what led to his post-career success in private equity, in the foundation, and likely also on and being an ESPN analyst. So recently, Steve's dad, he was talking, he was saying this to us during, the, during his chat with Ronnie Lott, is that his dad turned 87. And so um, Steve decided to turn the tables on his aging father and ask, hey, what's your plan, dad? And his father, without missing a beat, said 110. So Steve's father's awesome plan is to try to live to 110 years old at 87. So what, he's got 23 more years to go. I would really love to meet his dad. He sounds like an amazing, super vital person. Ronnie and Steve then talked about this pathway to sustained greatness. Uh, and this is, this is a little harder, this is a little harsher. And somebody in the audience said, hey, what do you guys do when you reached a milestone of say winning a Super Bowl? And here is their answer. I'm gonna say this slowly delete your successes to remain hungry delete your successes to remain hungry i really love this concept because sometimes we want to just sit down and relax and rest on our laurels we want to believe that we can continue to be successful without suffering and hard work but ronnie lott and steve young two nfl hall of famers and i think also what i call human hall of famers um, would suggest to us otherwise um, you know they don't look in the mirror and congratulate themselves for what they did in the past they delete those successes in their minds to stay hungry. Now the final piece of wisdom or pearl of wisdom that they gave us I think might be the most important and they talked about having each other's backs. Steve when he first got into the league lived in the shadows of the NFL legend Joe Montana. You know, Joe Montana was the godfather of all the success of the 49ers and it wasn't easy for Steve to be you know sitting behind this starter when he thought he had a you know, set of skills that may allow him to be a superstar in the league. There's also times of doubt and, and honestly times where he made mistakes, but Ronnie Lott, who was a veteran and a very powerful leader on the team, made it clear when, uh, when, when people started ripping on Steve that he had his back. And apparently they even made some t-shirts that said I-G-Y-B, stencils on the back for I got your back. And when Steve was talking about this, it was very clear that he is forever grateful for ronnie's support at a time when he needed it most so here's sort of my analysis of ronnie lott and steve young uh, and it is that we should listen to these lessons to believe in our greatness to get back to our greatness after a failure to try to be good at two things to be great to frame up our dream with a plan and to delete our successes to remain hungry and then finally and again most importantly have somebody's back when you're in a position of leadership it was absolute honor to attend uh, the next post is just a continuation of what we learned um, but you can see some pictures from there um, on the vitality explorer substack site um, but the same day we also learned from people like admiral McRaven, who is, um, The commander of all the special forces, an amazing person. You should look at his video online of you know why you should make your bed. He wrote a a book about that. Um, But he he was also a Navy SEAL uh, and we started off learning from him about this concept that the Navy SEALs have and that is the only you know, the, the only easy day was yesterday. And we also learned about how to go on a vision quest. And we're going to talk about these two concepts in one really amazing story. Um, so there's this yellow sign that he showed, which you can see on the Vitality Explorer substack site. I encourage you to look at look at it. But this concept of the only easy day being yesterday sits in a sign in this exercise yard where Navy SEAL recruits train literally until they're completely exhausted. And it's like a blazing black top, and it has these very small little stencils on it. And I've been very lucky to be there a couple times, and you're like, what are these little stencils? And it turns out they're little flippers, kind of cool. A uh, little piece of trivia there. And, and and we also learned that from Admiral McCraven that leaders really need to be the first to carry the heaviest burden and the last to put it down. The first to carry the heaviest burden and the last to put it down. And then he also challenged us to stand up to what he called the, quote, gates of fire with courage and stamina, if you wanna be a leader. And then he had another picture, again, I encourage you to look on on the Substack site, Vitality Explorer, Substack site, of these Navy SEAL teams trying to paddle over the Pacific surf as it's crashing towards them. And he he said, you know, you can't paddle over the crashing surf by yourself. Uh, You know, he said, he suggested that it would be impossible for a single person. And when you see the picture, it it literally is impossible. It looks like you're going to drown. Only a team that really has a synchronized effort had a chance of getting over it. Uh, The lone wolf has no chance. Um, So, Admiral McRaven was teaching us these these life lessons from him being a commander, from him being an admiral, from him being a Navy SEAL. And that concept of going on a vision quest came from Brad Smith, who is the former CEO of Intuit and the current president of Marshall University. And he really agreed with Admiral McRaven about the value of being a part of a team. And he was dropping dimes on us. Listen to these, okay? These are three quotes from, from Brad Smith. Number one if your dreams can be dreamed alone, you are not dreaming big enough. If your dreams can be dreamed alone, you're not dreaming big enough. Number one. Number two, a player that makes a team great is more valuable than a great player. A player that makes the team great is more valuable than a great player. And finally, all-stars are a combination of curiosity, humility, and grit. All-stars are a combination. of curiosity humility and grit so he suggested we go on a vision quest and this is something you can do by traveling or riding your bike around or maybe going on a car trip but you can also go in your mind just just close your eyes and go in your mind and try to determine the next best step especially if you're in a time of transition Uh, contemplate what you can do with your one precious life and too often we just absolutely forget to pause we mindlessly march on and you know, I think following his advice and making the time to think today about how you could potentially lead your best advice is really, really important. Another person we learned from is this guy named Sam Acho, A C H O. He's a former NFL player and ESPN analyst, and he also suggested we take the time to go from listening to action. And his you know, ability to speak was was cr- was crazy off the chart. He reminded us that greatness comes also from when we serve and so he he would give these long pauses for us to think you know we're talking about a minute maybe two minutes which is a long time when you' you're on stage and there's 300 people looking at you. The most inspiring speaker however was Larry Miller and I didn't know who Larry Miller was um, but he's a former general manager of of Nike basketball, leader of the Jordan brand, and he absolutely mesmerized us with his life story. Now, he's been a successful businessman for decades. He used to run the multi-billion dollar Jordan brand. He also served as president of the Portland Trailblazers and a team in the National Basketball Association or the NBA. And for the first 10 minutes, a, a journalist was interviewing him, and we just sat in awe of his accomplishments. He was dropping names about how he works with Michael Jordan, Phil Knight, and Paul Allen, the former Microsoft founder who's passed away. And then you know, he kind of lowered his voice, kind of like Ronnie Lott, and when the reporter said, hey, can you tell us how you grew up? And he said, well, I grew up as a street thug in Philadelphia. And then he stunned us by saying he killed a man when he was 16 years old as a member of a gang. And Miller spent many years in prison for that crime and others, such as armed robbery. He turned his life around, however, with education. He earned his associate's degree while still in prison, then a bachelor's degree in accounting with honors from Temple, and went on to earn an MBA and then started his amazing business career, as I outlined above. But recently, within the last year or two, his daughter challenged him to confront his criminal past and tell his story. She thought it would actually be really helpful for other young men like him to trans to hopefully be an example that they can transform their life. So he didn't he app he wanted no part of that, right? He didn't want anybody to know about his past criminal life. You know, he's a super successful business guy. He's hanging out with Michael Jordan and Phil Knight. He's working at Nike, he's working at the Portland Trail Blazers, he hangs out with all the NBA owners. Uh, And so when his daughter sort of challenged him to do this, he knew he had to go to Michael Jordan and Phil Knight and ask for their advice. And both of them agreed that it would be really meaningful for them to tell his story. But he had one massive, massive roadblock. He had never asked for forgiveness from the family of the man he killed. He had also never forgiven himself. And that led him to the home of Barbara Mack in Philadelphia, just a few blocks from where he killed her sister, where he killed her brother. Okay, many decades ago. So she's elderly now, um, and he asked for her forgiveness. He apologized. She she gave him his forgiveness, but also said that he would. She might have confronted him, obviously many years ago in a different in a different way. So tears were welling up in Larry Miller's eyes as he recounted that fateful night almost fifty years ago when he made a terrible decision to take a human life. It's a little bit like Red in uh, the Shawshank Redemption. That's what I was thinking about when he was going through this. He described, however, this epic burden that was lifted when he asked for forgiveness and was given it for his terrible act. I learned so much from Larry's story. I learned that Number one, people can overcome their bloodstained past and make massive contributions to society. Number two, people need forgiveness for their actions and need to forgive themselves. And number three, being vulnerable helps other people learn from your mistakes. So the Campbell Trophy Summit this year was unfreaking believable. I'm incredibly blessed. I want to thank Mark Flynn for inviting me and inviting me to speak over many years. Um, It's been an honor to share some of those lessons with you that I get to go listen to. You can see a lot of the pictures that I took on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. I hope you will believe in your greatness. I hope you will go on uh, a, a you know vision quest, and I will hope you will try to f- ask for forgiveness if you need it, and also forgive yourself. And we have a whole pot uh, post about forgiveness on Vitality Explorers, which you can find if you want. We're gonna completely pivot now and talk about something very different, very scientific, uh, and that is, will young blood become the new Botox? And this is a new uh, study that was published that found that a young blood uh, or sorry, blood from young mice can help old mice live longer. It's kind of a fascinating story that's been going on for decades. But this is a very, very uh, well done study, uh, and and what they what they found. And here's sort of the. The bottom line is that they found rejuvenation of an old mouse after they were surgically connected to a young mouse. And the title of this paper in Nature Aging is Multiomic Rejuvenation and Lifespan Extension on Exposure to Youthful Circulation. And this is Zhang et al. 2023. So what they basically did, and this is actually back into my area of expertise in terms of blood and other things. Uh, and again, you can see the references on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Uh, and also some very interesting diagrams. But you're connecting an old mouse to a young mouse as this fancy long name called heterochronic parabiosis. So heterochronic means just different ages. Parabiosis means to connect things together, so they call it HBP. But you can basically think of it as hooking up two circulatory systems, one from a young mouse and another to an old mouse, and they serve blood and bodily fluids. And there's been a lot of studies that have shown that this type of procedure has beneficial uh, you know things for the older mouse in terms of physical function, lifespan, and reduced risk of age-related diseases. Um, the study, this particular study, had several arms and to, to try to answer a lot of different complicated scientific questions. Uh, and so basically they had two young mice stitched together, old mice stitched together, and finally a young mouse stitched to an old mouse. And they stayed connected for three uh, full months, that's an important thing, and then they were detached. So a lot of these things are a little less time or they didn't have recovery after they were detached. There's a lot of potential noise in the system associated with the surgery or the length of time. Obviously a very complicated study, but what they did then after they detached and they looked at a really really detailed analysis of their genetic profiles that it also included some what's called epigenetic changes. An epigenetic uh, epigenetics is the study of the molecules that are attached on top of the DNA. DNA. Epa means to sort of be on top, and these molecules can change how DNA works to produce the proteins that drive all our bodily like function. So you can think of DNA as that double helix, and, and in that double helix staircase, on, on sort of the po- uh, points outside of the helix are little molecules on the epigenetic on the outside of the genes that can affect how they are regulated. That's, that's basically epigenetics. Um, but the study found that the epigenetic age of old mice was significantly reduced compared to control mice after being surgically connected to a younger one for three months. And so that epigenetic age is a measure of the biologic age of a cell or an organism, and it's actually thought to be a predictor of health and lifespan. It's better than your chronologic age. Uh, that could be debated, but that's, that's really the state of the art right now in terms of markers for aging. But the researchers also looked at something called the transcriptomic profiles of the old mice when they underwent the circulatory connection surgery, uh, and they found that they were more similar to the young mice and transcriptomics, big fancy genetic words, is the study of genes that are transcribed into proteins and the type and quantity of the proteins can be, you know, provide significant insight into how we're all overall functioning. But here's, the, here's sort of the awesome primary, awesomely interesting, I should say, awesome primary conclusion of the paper. And that is that a surgical connection of an old mouse to a young mouse for three months results in, quote, the extension of lifespan and healthspan. Wow the extension of health span and lifespan. Uh, And then they have some diagrams of how long the mice live after having this done. You can again see that on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. But I think this particular study of surgically connecting an old mouse to a young mouse has strong evidence to suggest it can delay or even reverse the aging process. Uh, Now, the researchers are going on to plan uh, new studies to look at the long-term effects of this in mice and to determine if this could be safely or effectively used in humans. Um, Now, this is a really complicated ethical situation, I think, Um, but when they extended that circulatory connection, um, they really did find some interesting findings. And I think one of the things they found was it's not just the blood, okay, Um, and short-term injections of blood or infusions of young blood don't do the same thing. It takes a longer period of time and it suggests that it's very complex. So think about that blood maybe circulating in the liver, maybe going through your spleen, maybe doing a whole bunch of other things. Um, But I don't think that young blood is gonna become the new Botox anytime soon. they didn't put it in the paper, but I contacted the, the authors of the paper, and in a separate paper, they found that the biologic age of the young mice, remember they connected young mice to old mice, were actually transiently increased. So the young mice were aging faster and the old mice were aging slower. So this brings up a whole host of the ethical issues. Like if you um, wanna be connected up to somebody who's younger, you, know, you may get some benefit to that, but the other person, who the younger person, may get some detriment to that. Um, there's other other people who commented on the Vitality Explorer Substack site about human trafficking and how this could be a crazy, uh, crazy problem that would be associated with that in terms of identifying young people to help older people. Um, I, I present the data because I think it's interesting. I think it's very far off from human human trials of any sort. But I think it suggests that there are circulatory factors or there are blood systems or being you know, connected to a young young I should say young person, but let's just stick with the mice. The, the older mouse benefited significantly from being surgically connected to the circulation of the younger mouse. Um, again, th- this was a super complex paper, but it was very well done Very well, uh, sort of controlled. I encourage people who are interested in this kind of geeky science to check it out online. You can read all about it. All right. So, this week we've talked about the the lessons that I learned when I attended the Campbell Trophy Summit. Um, And uh, those were in two different posts that you can see on the Substack site Believe in your greatness and go on a vision quest. We also, also talked about will young blood become the new Botox? I encourage you to, to check out all the details of those online. Um, we also learned from, from the author of Gulliver's Travels, Jonathan Swift, that, quote, vision is seeing what is invisible to others. Vision is seeing what is invisible to others. I encourage you to, to, to learn more. Uh, about the 350 scientific posts and podcasts that are on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. I also want people to think about those three core principles, Vitality Explorer principles. Vitality is a skill that you can learn. That's one. Number two, vitality is a gift you can only give yourself by taking ownership over your decisions. And then vitality rises when you bet on yourself. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Vitality Explorer podcast. My name is Dr. Alan Mishra. I hope the next week for you is amazing and you get out, run around the world here, and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening.